Oh boy, the end of the season means looking ahead to next season, right? Well, that's what we're going to do here on the Upland Nation podcast. I'm Scott Linden, your host. Going to kind of reassess the stuff in my two dog emergency kits. Yeah, I use a lot of it. I'll tell you more about that later. But uh, maybe it'll help you get restocked while you're in the mode for next season or for training season. Or if you're a preserve hunter heading out for some of those, you'll want to carry this stuff in your vest and in your truck. In addition to that, in our Handle It segment, we'll cover some of the essential training gear. So if you're just starting out or if you're wondering if there's anything that can save you a little bit of time, effort, aggravation, I'm going to touch on the kind of the top few that I always have at hand. And finally, you're going to tell us what your dog thinks about the past season. Yeah, since they do not have opposable thumbs, you had to do the typing on our social media for them, but we'll find out how they did and I'll bet how you did as well. So it's all coming up right here. Made possible by Sage and Breaker Gun Care Products, Pointer Shotguns, Mid-Valley Clays and Shooting School, True Lock Jokes, MidwayUSA.com, and FindBirdHuntingSpots.com. Yeah, yeah, Timely appropriate whatever you want to describe it as closed out the nevada season recently had a great time except for one small problem 35 stitches in flick now it happened before the trip so he got to spectate while the rest of us hunted Uh, but it was just one more reminder of how important it is to be prepared for all the dog emergencies that you might encounter in the field or in this case Shooting a video. (laughs) Yeah, he hit a barbed wire fence at full speed. A dozen or so sutures in his right leg, right front, in his chest, and then a few more here and there everywhere else, including his left leg. He looks like a Frankenstein monster, but he is, thank you, recuperating just fine. Managing the infection, managing all those stitches, Thank goodness for doggy sedatives. Anyway, we got out. Flick hung around in the box in the truck. Hunted some new ground. Thank you again, everybody, for showing me that stuff. That uh, holds so much. It might be the best chucker habitat I've ever seen. Unfortunately, a few other people knew about it. And they were there the day before and the day before. I knew that because we saw so many boot tracks in so much of the snow we also saw a lot of chucker tracks as well so i'll be back there it's marked on my online mapping app and again beautiful place if only i could have shared some of that with flick well maybe not 1600 feet of vertical uh climb in uh, four hours of hunting Uh, You decide whether you're up for it or not. We were, but believe me, I took my leg cramp medicine afterwards. Um, You? I asked on our social media pages how your dog would summarize your season and got some great responses. Caleb Lalamont says his dog, well, who's got a grouse in his mouth in this picture. It looks like a springer of one sort or another. Hard to tell from the angle, but... 
His dog is just starting to get the hang of it, and now the season's over. Yeah. Chris Wright says, his dog says, you promised birds and I still haven't seen any. Well, you look like you're in birdie territory there, Fido. Um, beautiful country. Lots of leaves on the ground. Some of them still got some color on them. And you got that snazzy vest, so good. Lon Boss says, his dog says, I'm having fun, Dad, but more wild birds, please. Have I heard that before? Yeah. Bruce Wondrick, wow. I can't wait to see your itinerary. You had an awesome season. So did your dog, apparently. Five states, six species. That, you sound like a television host. Randy Gazda says, several trips were high intensity to the point of exhaustion. Just several? <laughs> Ralph Klimak says, same as last year. Why didn't we get out more? I know the feeling, Ralph. Despite getting out 30 plus days, it's never enough for the dogs. George Cummins, always glad to hear from you. Four different species, that's a pretty darn good lifetime, let alone a hunt hunting season. All right. Well, good stuff there. If you want to see what everybody's talking about, go to Wing Shooting USA or the Upland Nation Facebook pages. We talk about all sorts of fun stuff there, and uh, you're always welcome to uh, put in your two cents worth. So uh, thanks a bunch for your comments there. And um, more to come in that regard, I'm sure, as we look back on the season. Uh, one of the things is our topic for today, of course. We're brought to you in part by TrueLockChokes.com. Lots of great stuff. They had some specials at the Turkey Federation Convention, but there's always something special at TrueLockChokes.com. Receive a free choke tube case if you spend a hundred bucks. Spend 120, you'll get free shipping. Uh, all of those deals and more, plus some great education on why good choke tubes are going to help you shoot better. It's all at TrueLockChokes.com. And Sage and Breaker is how you take care of those guns once you get them all kitted out with a uh, set of really nice aftermarket choke tubes. Go to sageandbreaker.com for all your gun cleaning and care supplies, equipment, and now faster checkout with one-touch PayPal. You know, if you use PayPal at all, you know it's a, it's a bit of a pain. So thank you, Fred Bohm and everybody at sageandbreaker.com for going to that one-touch version. It's just like, you know, it's just like uh, saying, put it on my tab. Yeah, I say that a lot. No one ever picks it up for me. But anyway, visit them at sageandbreaker.com. See what's new and uh, see what you might need, especially now after a long season gunking up your guns. Here's a good chance to kind of get ahead of the curve. So uh, sageandbreaker.com is where you can do that. Yes. So I'm working on an assignment here that uh, finally rolls all this stuff into one big article and video. And if you'd like to watch the video, it'll be at MidwayUSA.com. Got a page there now, so um, uh, check it out. That's all exclusive stuff for them, so you won't get it anywhere else. MidwayUSA.com. 
Uh, I've had enough uses of this gear this season, not just on Flick and me and friends, but friends, dogs, and that sort of thing. So I thought it was a good idea to talk about it in one fell swoop. And let me just remind you of how important this is and why. You know, your dog is so reliant on you for food, shelter, access to birds. Yeah, I don't know one that really... Maybe a learner's permit, but not a driver's license. But anyway, they also need your attention in the field. From checking it out to make sure they're still healthy with a tailgate exam to all the things you need to take care of him so that he's ready to hunt the next day or get more attention from a professional should the need arise. I carry two versions of this. I carry a small kit in my vest every time I leave the truck. That's for kind of the most pressing emergencies in the field. Yeah, and I keep it small so that I will carry it. It's not very heavy. It's not so complicated that I'm not going to know what to do with everything. And it'll get us back to the truck where there's a bigger bag full of more stuff. Now between the two of those, I should be able to stop most bleeding, prevent most infection, make the minor repairs necessary if that's all it's going to take to keep him in the field, stabilize the other more serious situations, and then get that dog to the truck and then to the veterinarian if we need to. So let's start with my in-the-vest kit. Light and compact or else you're not going to carry it. All right. Thank you. You're absolutely right. Do your best hunting buddy a favor. Carry it every time you get so far from the truck you can't see it. You don't want to have to carry him all the way back, and this will help. All right. The goal of this kit is kind of like a NASCAR pit stop. Get him back into the race, or if you need to, Pull them deeper into the pits for more care, more rest, or that hell-bent for election trip to town. What's in it and why? I've always got cotton swabs. That's how I get most of the gunk out of Flick's eyes. Train ahead for that if you haven't already. It'll also clean wounds so you can get the big chunks out with that. Now out here, and well... Almost anywhere in the United States, we got a snake problem. It may not be an ongoing problem, but it may be a problem early in the season, especially out here in the desert, for example. So I carry an antihistamine. Benadryl is my choice because I can get it in little tablets and I can throw those down a dog's throat fairly quickly. A bit of a warning here, those liquids for kids they may have something that doesn't really, um, it's no good for a dog if it's a grape flavoring, for example, or an artificial sweetener. So stick with the tablets, learn the dosage for your dog based on his weight, talk to your veterinarian if you need to, but carry an antihistamine. Why? Well, if a dog does get snake bit, or even a bee sting for some dogs, the first thing to swell up is going to be their windpipe. And if you know anything about first aid, one of the most important aspects of first aid is to ensure that that windpipe stays open.
Well, it has a light side and a dark side, as you well know, but duct tape has its uses, not just here, but uh, yeah, in the world of Jedi uh, warriors as well. It's an all-around bandage. It's an emergency dog boot if you need it. You'll probably find 20 other uses for it, so hang some duct tape in that carry-on that you're going to put in your vest as well. I've also got a roll of gauze bandage for all sorts of wound care, and some... Um, you know, the little square versions of the same thing for convenience sake. I carry uh, hemostatic gauze that is treated with uh, something I'm not familiar with, but it will stop bleeding in many of the serious cuts and lacerations that a dog will get. If you're far from the truck and far from town, you need to stop the bleeding. That's another one of the primary rules of first aid. Bleeding breathing, most important. Now, to clean out all sorts of things, distilled water is the choice for most veterinarians and most, well, MDs for that matter. A little squirt bottle to wash gunk from your dog's eyes or dirt from a wound before you do anything else. Yeah, just make sure it's the lid is screwed on tight and you can squeeze it. You know, you want something with a little water pressure to it so that you can actually wash out, rinse out the stuff you're trying to get away from a wound or an eye. Uh, distilled water, way better than saline solution for eyes. That comes from a veterinary ophthalmologist, by the way or for a wound where you don't really want to add to the chemistry of the wound and, and the, hum, the human or the dog body, for example. I've got uh, Coflex or VetWrap, one of those adhesive bandaging tapes. It's kind of like an ace bandage that's sticky. I'm learning every day. It's good for about one use, and my only advice to you is whenever you're using it, do not wrap it so tight that you may be cutting off the circulation in the limb. Yeah, it never hurts to go too loose. That stuff will stick together. It'll stick to almost anything. So don't worry about being too loose. Worry about being too tight with your vet wrap. Triple antibiotic ointment. You know the drill on that stuff. It's good for all sorts of things. I'm only using it on, uh, you know, wounds that I don't think will need to be, you know, sewed up later. And I'll explain that in the second half of the Upland Nation podcast. But the idea is if you can get a little bit of a head start on preventing infection, even in the field, that might not be a bad idea cuts and scratches, uh, scrapes, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, the good news is if, if your dog is like Flick and every other wire hair, the first thing they're going to want to do when you put it on there is lick it off. So if you can just keep that dog away from that stuff for five or ten minutes, most veterinarians tell me that that's plenty. You'll have done the job with your triple antibiotic. If you can keep it intact for five or ten minutes. Here's a trick I learned a long time ago from an old trainer from way back. If that dog is licking his leg because that's where the antibiotic is, put some peanut butter on the other leg. That'll keep him occupied for a while. I carry EMT gel. Nothing like it on the market besides that brand. It is an incredible product and I've used up tube after tube on other people's dogs. Yeah, or their horses, or in a few cases, on them. 
it is, it's kind of a, it'll stop a lot of the bleeding and it will speed healing by creating a matrix of some sort of artificial collagen or something like that. So as long as it's not bleeding like a stuck pig, but you do want to stop that bleeding, EMT gel might be handy for you. Keep a little tube there and keep another one in the truck or the first aid kit. Yeah, I know we all carry a multi-tool of one sort or another, but I like hemostats better than a multi-tool when I'm trying to pull porcupine quills, uh, foreign objects from some of the wounds, and you know, stuff out of, uh, you know, uh, you know, cactus spines and that sort of thing. It'll come in handy in many different ways. It just is a little bit finer tool, and it seems to, to give me a little bit better grip on some of that stuff. And you can lock it closed if you need to. If you're ever so inclined to do serious surgery in the field and you need to stop, for example, a, a pulsating, gushing artery, for example. God, I'm getting lightheaded just talking about it. But you know what I mean. Uh, keep them handy. Buy a good pair, not the 99-cent pair at the local um, you know, discount store. Buy a good pair, the kind the fly tires use, <laughs> and keep it handy in your emergency kit, in your vest. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So here's where I have to tell you the, the definition of a really good friend, somebody who will hold your dog when you're pulling the porcupine quills out of him. And finally, on that first list, the vest pocket kit that you're going to carry with you every time you go into the field. Uh, this day and age, it, it is even more important than ever because we have a cell phone tower virtually everywhere. So bring a list of phone numbers of the nearest veterinarians when they're open, especially if they have emergency hours, and get that number as well. I was just down there in Nevada again talking with a good friend who finally reminded me that I did not have the cell phone number of the veterinarian nearest to us. Yeah, 60 miles away, but still nearest to us. And she will come out and meet us at some of the places where everybody knows everybody goes to meet the veterinarian in an emergency. Keep that list handy. Keep it updated. Uh, talk to your friends about it. They may have some suggestions in that regard as well. So um, there we are. That is the vest pocket emergency kit for my dog. Of course, I've got a whole bunch of other things in my own survival kit that may come in handy there as well. Maybe we'll talk about that again on the Upland Nation podcast in an upcoming episode. But I think I've, I've dealt with that one already a few times. So there's the first half. Uh, we got the second half, the stuff that's in my rig, uh, coming up in, in the second half of the show, as well as uh, some essential training gear that uh, uh, maybe a newcomer or maybe somebody who's just looking for something to make their life a little bit easier. It's all coming up right here in the Upland Nation podcast. I'm Scott Linden. Thank you for listening. And we are brought to you in part by Pointer Shotguns. Man, the news just keeps coming out of PointerShotguns.com. Now, here's another one. Not up on the website yet, but it will be soon. I've talked about the new side-by-side -side in 12 and 20 gauge. Got to play with one. Another one's en route to me right now for me to take out and uh, test in the field. But now you can get them with, and not just the side-by-sides, but all the pointer shotgun models will come, can come with case coloring. 
If you don't know what case coloring is, look it up on the internet. You'll be amazed at how beautiful a gun can look with some of the metal case colored. Learn more about all of that stuff and more by staying in touch with PointerShotguns.com. All right. Well, thanks for sticking with me. I'm Scott Linden. This is the Upland Nation podcast. Uh, we're talking about gear. Still got that uh, essential training gear coming up right after uh, we talk about the the big bag of stuff in my truck. Yeah, it's big because, uh, well, I'm one of those kind of guys, but also because you never know what you're going to need. So this bag has several functions. The first is convenience. Some of the dog care stuff that we'll talk about is, is not emergency stuff, but it's stuff that you really need to use on a regular basis, especially when you're on the road. Uh, but it's also full of that other, uh, I'll call it slightly more advanced first aid stuff. So here we go. Uh, the first thing I pull out of that bag is a bag full of replacements for all the things in my vest bag. So every time you use something, replenish it. My wife, who was in retail, calls it stock balancing. Yeah, maybe you can relate. But there's a whole bunch of other things in there, too. And uh, in no particular order, here they are. Um, I've got those instant hot and instant cold pads. You know, you kind of shake them up and press them. And, and one becomes warm and the other one becomes not warm. And if you've got an overheated dog or a hypothermic dog, those are the things you're going to put on his belly to get him warmed up or cooled down real fast. I have a comb. No, no, I don't need one, believe me. But Flick does to get the burrs and the seeds out of his coat, uh, tangles and all that crap. Uh, just handy. And that's a good place to put it. I, I never throw anything away, including all the leftover antibiotics, pain relievers, and, and, uh, and sedatives that have been prescribed for my dogs. Now, some people might disagree with this, but I'm going to keep those just in case for an emergency situation. I carry hydrogen peroxide, but nobody really should be using that anymore on a wound. I use it after a lot of practice. To induce vomiting in a dog that swallowed, well, you name it, any anything from uh, bits of salmon and trout that may be uh, uh, full of that salmon poisoning uh, spore to uh, socks and underwear and all sorts of other things like that. So uh, learn how to use hydrogen peroxide for that reason and that reason alone. I use uh, cooking spray, you know, Pam brand or just the generic stuff, not to cook lunch or dinner. Nobody wants me cooking those anyway. Um, spray that on the on your dog's feet, top and bottom, in between the toes, all in between the pads. That'll keep ice balls from forming between the pads. Carry a nail clipper uh, for general maintenance, and then if a dog does tear a nail, maybe you can forestall more and worse problems that way. I carry a dog boot or two, so if I've got a bandage of foot in some way, we can put the boot on and save the duct tape. Um, let's see. I, here are things that I've learned the hard way that are very handy. 
at the end of a hunt, I put Profoot Human Heel Cream on my dog's pads. Anymore, I'm slathering them on the pads and in between the toes, in the webbing on a wire hair or a Labrador, for example. That keeps their pads and their feet supple. Do that after every hunt. I think the dog likes it, too. Feels pretty good. Probably feels good on a human, too. I also, of course, have some pad coat from Happy Jack. That's P-A-D-K-O-T-E. That's what I put on a dog before a hunt. That That is a kind of a, a amped up version of anything else that will protect a dog's pads, keep them supple in the field. I carry some ophthalmic ointment, eye doctor ointment. I only use that on very rare occasions because you don't want to use it if you think your dog has scratched his cornea. It's really bad for that. Probably forestalls the healing process. So so only after you've talked to a doctor do you want to use that. And finally, some flea and tick spray. Just for that added insurance, any place you're going to go um, that may be really heavy on those critters. Of course, again, I've got things in my personal survival kit and and a heavy-duty first aid kit that are probably going to be used on a dog eventually. So keep that handy in the truck as well. You know, as well as I do, that everything out there will cut, irritate, bite, poison, scratch, or somehow damage our hunting buddy. And we're in charge when that happens. Remember that first porcupine encounter your dog had? Well, wouldn't it be great to have all this gear with you? It won't eliminate the problem. It'll just make minor problems stay minor and uh, mitigate some of the major problems. So be safe out there. Take care of your dog. Uh, That's my signal to move on to the next segment. Thanks for listening to the Upland Nation podcast. We're brought to you in part by PointerShotguns.com. Last week, I told you about the new side-by-sides. One's on the way to me right now. I can't wait to see it. Previewed it at the SHOT Show, and boy, the fit and finish are fine. And now... Yeah, that's right. Case coloring on many models of pointer shotguns, not just a side-by-side, but on many of them, you will soon be able to get them with case coloring. It's flying off the shelves. It's going through the distribution center really fast. So get ready for your nearby retailer. Find that nearby retailer at pointershotguns.com. And while you're there, watch some of the videos and read some of the articles I've written for them as well. Again, stuff you haven't heard or seen or watched anywhere else. Handle it. Well, if you've been around the block a few times with a dog on a lead, you know the price of the puppy is the least of your concerns. It's that other stuff that'll get you in the pocketbook. So I've assembled, due to popular demand and my own cheapness, I've assembled a short list of gear to get you started if this is your first dog or your first dog after a while. Here's the short list of labor-saving, headache-avoiding, puppy-training gear. Starting with a training table. 
You can make one. You can improvise one. I use all sorts of things. But a woe table, which is what we call it, makes Pup just a little bit wary and more likely to pay attention to you. It's also a great way to get him in training mode. He gets up on the table and he says, okay, it's down to business. So get one of those, build one of those. There's plans on the internet. Just, just Google dog training table. And then buy a good tie-out stick. Don't buy one of those cheap ones and certainly not one of those screw-in-the-ground screw kind. You need one you're going to need a sledgehammer to whack into the ground. It'll teach Pup to yield to the collar. And that comes in handy when you start teaching woe and heal and all sorts of other leash-based commands. It's also a safe place to put your pup when your training is running, buddy, or when you got your hands full elsewhere. And just one word of caution. Keep your dog in sight when he's attached to a tie-out stick. A check cord will ensure that every command you give will be instantly and completely obeyed, especially with a young dog, and you're doing this work close in. Save your voice for the campfire songs. Teach your dog to respond to a whistle. It won't panic birds like a human voice either. Get some pigeons. Yeah, George Hickox was right. No birds, no bird dog. Yeah. Join a club. Buy some on a regular basis. Start raising your own. It's kind of fun. Yeah, you got to get permission from a whole bunch of people, but there's nothing like having pigeons at the ready anytime you need them. Take all that stuff, put it in a handy bag or a training vest that's devoted to that stuff. It'll be there where and when you need it. That's my essential list of training stuff. You might have your own. I'd love to hear from you on that stuff. So let's talk at the Facebook pages. And um, maybe next time around, I'll add your stuff to it. The Upland Nation podcast is brought to you in part by Mid-Valley Clays and Shooting School. Those new Negrini cases are uh, in and available. Beautiful, Italian, functional, lightweight, and approved by the airlines. If you're looking for a new way to show off your great guns, or your not-so-great guns in a really great case, check out the new Negrini cases just for Upland Hunters. It's all at midvalleyclays.com. Yeah, click on the uh, online store and take a look at the Negrini cases at midvalleyclays.com. Hey, thanks. If you commented at the social platforms, love to hear from you and your dog. Yeah, both of you. If you left a rating or a review, I sure appreciate that. And I sure appreciate the sponsorships that make this all possible. Sage and Breaker, Pointer Shotguns, Mid-Valley Clays, True Lock Jokes, FindBirdHuntingSpots.com. All of those give us the time and the resources to put this podcast together. And speaking of which, thank you so much for listening to the Upland Nation podcast. I'm Scott Linden. See you at a training day. <laughs>